Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome again to CDO Magazine's interview series. And today, this is Ed Scott, the CEO of Electrify, and I am super excited to have the opportunity to spend some time with Kirk Ball, uh, a senior data and technology executive from the great firm Giant Eagle. Kirk, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, let's pivot to uh, to pricing. Uh, and, and if we could, dynamic pricing, demand forecasting, inventory optimization. These are three things that are that that drive Electrify and our clients are asking us about all over the world. And it's funny. Uh, you know, when we when we when we talk with the, the C-suite about this, invariably what we find is that the that the pricing group is different from the forecasting group is different from the you know the the inventory and the and the supply chain group. How um how how is this working at uh at, at Giant? How do you guys tackle that you know that uh, what's uh, seems to be siloed amongst other organizations so that you can actually connect you know and and create you know there's a dependency between forecasting and, and pricing and so forth. How do you how do you how do you get beyond that dependency and get to value? Yeah, I think first thing is uh, making sure that your processes, uh, people understand the end-to-end process. So you've got forecasting, then you've got procurement, then you've got inventory management, then you've got shipment of product to store. Making sure that the whole process is mapped and all the different components understand what the other pieces of that process do and how they do it. I think the other thing, too, then, is, is how do you have a system? You don't have siloed systems. Right. So that I can go in and I can see, regardless of what function, I can see the impact of what the previous function did, or I'm setting things up for the, the next function in line. And I have kind of common systems and common platforms. When you get into siloed systems, uh, it's very hard for one group to know what the other group's doing because you're not looking at the same thing. And many times then those integration points between those disparate systems are manual or they're spreadsheets. And then you're then you're in a whole world of hurt. So I think I think the other thing that I would say is having a common platform, uh, an integrated suite, whether maybe modules that are uh, purpose fit for forecasting or merchandising demand, or, or uh, I should say uh, procurement. Uh, either way, if, if those modules have built-in integrations, then it's going to make much more. It's going to make the process much more seamless, and people are going to understand what the other groups are doing and how it affects them. So that I would I would say, uh, process integration as well as system common system platforms. If you could, Kirk, give us some insights as to how data uh, CDOs, CTOs, CIOs, all, you know, all of the above how they can be effective within the the organization and 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 some absolutely must have to do's in order to to realize that some quick things that our our viewers and listeners can take away yeah uh, look i think uh two things i'll tell you and they're, they're, they're probably going to sound esoteric but i think they're incredibly impactful one i think you have to make sure that your business partners and the people that you work with alongside in other areas of the business I think they have to understand that you you connect and understand their problems and what they're trying to accomplish almost as well as they do. You yeah. have to, you have to walk with them and spend a lot of time with them and walk them out on their shoes and help them understand that you 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 care deeply about helping them achieve what objectives they're trying to achieve. That's one that builds partnership and trust. Two, I think you have to be an incredibly impactful and effective effective storyteller. Uh, if I can tell a story about the things that we're doing in the technology space or that we need to do, 
in order to move a particular organization's uh, activities forward and help them achieve their objectives. But I can tell them in a way that is relevant to the context that they're hearing me in. It's much more impactful than if I sit there and I talk about, okay, well, we're going to use the semantic layer, which rides over top of the master data management platform. And then here's how we do the ingestion and cleansing into the MDM. They don't get that. No. They're, and look, if I don't communicate effectively, it's not their problem, it's mine. And yeah. so you have to be a really good storyteller so that you're telling the story and getting the outcome that you want. But you have to tell that story in the language and in the context that the people that you're talking to understand. And that's different by audience. And so if they understand that you're committed to helping them be successful and you can talk to them in a language and tell a story that helps them understand what you're doing to help them be successful, that they can understand without getting into all the technical jargon, it's incredibly impactful. Now, when I'm talking to my teammates internally in the technology space, different. We'll, we'll have at it. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into uh, the different uh, types of algorithms that we're writing, the, the techniques that we're using to write the algorithms, et cetera. And, and that's great. But uh, that, that doesn't mean squat when I talk to the CEO or I talk to uh, the president of supermarket or the president of uh, they're, they're incredibly smart people. But that's it's a different language to them. And so why talk to them and try to tell a story in a language they don't understand? The purpose of this uh, discussion to the viewers and listeners around the world is essentially how do we drive value from from uh, from data? Because that's what the that's what the C suite and the BU heads, uh, BU leaders actually care about. You know, it, it's not that they don't don't care about cloud or platforms or you know elastic computer. This uh, everybody has some level of interest. They just don't have the time. Bottom line, they don't have the time, and everyone's under pressure to hit numbers or cut costs or or do both or or create some you know better experience for customers or engagement with customers. And that's 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 really what Kirk is saying. And 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 we ought to pay very very close attention to that as data practitioners because it will impact your longevity and it will impact your level of success, accountability, and effectiveness within your organization, large, medium, you know, or small. Um, I'd be remiss if I if I didn't chat a little bit about um, you know the the, uh, the the shiny penny that has come onto the center of the boardroom table, which is the large language models. And uh, you know, I say to my friends that you know, machine learning and AI comes in waves, you know, that type of thing comes and goes and so forth. But it seems like large language models have essentially crazy glued uh, AI to the center of the boardroom table. And uh, I, I wondered if you might share a little bit about how you all are thinking about uh, large language models and some of the challenges and so on, because uh, I think that would be very helpful to our viewers and listeners around the world. Well, first of all, everybody in our company wants to run out and use ChatGPT. <laughs> so, so we we we're in process of just wrapping up putting a policy together on the use of uh, tools such as Bard or ChatGPT uh, to help them understand. Look, there are things that you have to make sure that you're not doing in order to use these tools, right? Uh, yeah. And and we're we're in, in converse or in parallel. We're looking at our agreements with Google. We're looking at our agreements with Microsoft to understand uh, their artificial intelligence capability, especially if it runs over proprietary large language models that we have, uh, making sure that there's um, there's integrity. Uh, and I'm sure there is, but we're just confirming that through the legal uh, the legal language process. 
<laughs> we're also doing the same thing. And, you know, I mentioned that heat map uh, earlier. We're putting together, uh, you know, an AI heat map, especially around the generative AI piece. And we're identifying department by department, what's the effort, what's the value, and identifying use cases in which we want to use generative AI uh, to be able to add value. We've got some really good cases. I think there's some initial uh, quick wins that we're going to like it. We're using it for, we're going to start using it for search. I think we're already using it for search. We're going to use it to generate some of our ad campaigns, marketing campaigns. We're looking at that. Um, so, uh, you know, I think there are some legal applications. I think there's costs uh, or uh, call center applications. I think there are a number of applications. I think there's computer vision applications and taking and interpreting that data uh, to help us understand. So we're in different stages of um, applications, some at just the beginning, some in experimentation, but we're really trying to put together a heat map and identify and make sure that we're governing how we're using the technologies, yeah. Yeah, getting, yeah. getting some quick wins, uh, demonstrating its capability and helping people understand the pros and the cons. You know, you get into some of the hallucina hallucination things. It's not like you can just turn generative AI, uh, on and turn it, you know, turn a campaign over to it, a marketing campaign and not get a human in the loop. Uh, you know, you, you can't, you've got to have a human in the loop. So we're looking at it as an accelerant uh, yeah. and, and not as a replacement. I, I just, I'm, I'm not comfortable that we're there yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like what you're saying. I think our viewers and listeners around the world should sort of understand that there are, you know, a couple of ways to interact with these, you know, large language models. I mean, of course, you got the, you know, the open AI or the, you know, the, the, uh, the bar and that comes with it. Uh, although that may be, uh, you know, cost effective, that comes with it uh, with some security issues about uh, about your data. And then you've got the ability to grab a private instance and that may be more secure, possibly. Uh, but the trade off on that is, you know, you're you're going to get uh, pretty expensive at uh, what I think. What is it, uh, Kirk? 20 cents, uh, you know, a thousand, you know, a thousand words or something, something like that. Yep. Um, you know, you get. Yep, there's a quite a bit of a, a cost jump, and then you've got the open, you know, the open source, uh, you know, sort of models and and so forth, and uh, and so it's a trade off, I think, between time and expense and security, and uh, I think it all seems so promising right now, but various uh, enterprises will have a different way to think about that trade off matrix. That's exactly right, and and I, I think that's very, I think that's very good advice. Look, at the end of the day, I think that trade off matrix is unique by enterprise. And what each enterprise is going to look to, how they're going to look to apply AI uh, to their particular the particular challenges or problems they're trying to solve. And I, so I think those uh, aspects need to be considered uniquely for your organization. And I think there's probably some, you know, I think certainly the data security, that's applicable regardless of what industry you're in or what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's very good advice. Kirk, I want to thank you. And uh, I hope that our viewers around the world, our listeners, uh, we'll go back and reflect on this and maybe view it a couple of times and, and and listen to what Kirk is saying about how to be successful, how to drive data, how to how to get value, business value out of the data, because that's what's going to matter in uh, in the world going forward, the complicated world that, that we're in today. And I think it is just incredible advice. Thanks, Ed. It was uh, you did a great job. It was a pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you. You're most welcome.